welcome back to the clinch podcast if you don't already know my name is shay and i am the host and i am just a fan sometimes a bit of a crazy one just sharing her opinions the way a fan would nothing more nothing less sometimes less <laughs> but um, in no way are my opinions professional critiques or anything like that so don't get butt hurt we don't need that on this show so no fights last weekend or this past weekend um i was going to have an interview that fell through unfortunately so i wanted to do something that i actually had planned before but i never got around to actually doing it just something a bit more exciting in that time came up so this time um, i thought it would be a great episode to just go over recent news and just a little tidbit on the UFC's finances and not in depth on that but we'll get into it in a second so let's go ahead and just jump into that right now so I was looking into maybe doing a full episode on the UFC's just total financial infrastructure just to see if I could find anything that was concrete and I did find some things, but I'm not great at numbers. Um, I do have an accountant friend that I can, and I plan to reach out to, to see if she can go over the financial statements that I came across. I thought those would be like totally not on the internet, <laughs> but I did find some that were interesting from what I thought I was able to gather from them. I totally could have been wrong, but from what I was able to decipher myself in my not so great math brain that I thought was interesting was last year, 2020, the revenue from consumers alone, the UFC went up 166%, which is insane. I mean, that is amazing. During a pandemic, during a pandemic to increase your revenue 166% from the year prior um, during a time like this is insane. But it sucks because I feel like the UFC is playing both narratives. One being that, oh yeah, you know, we were so successful during the pandemic. We made all this money. We did even better than you know, we've done previously, blah, 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 but they're also pushing a narrative that, you know, the the fighters, you know, they're being paid fine, you know, they can't afford, you know, to pay them this, they can't afford to do that, you know, and, you know, fighters are being greedy and all this, all this whatever, whatever. They can't, they can't push both narratives, but they are. And I think that it's completely blatant and how they're doing it. And it's also super disrespectful to the fighters, <laughs> you know, because they have so much more knowledge on what goes on, or at least I would hope they do, um, have a lot more knowledge than a fan would regarding the infrastructure, the financial infrastructure of, I can't say that word, I'm so sorry if you guys are making fun of me, infrastructure. Um, <laughs> but the whole financial breakdown of the UFC, I'm sure the fighters know a lot more about it than we do as fans, which, you know, is just the main reason why I think that is super disrespectful to push both narratives openly because the fighters are seeing this too. You know, they're saying, oh, you know, they, 
you know, whether it be Dana White or whoever saying that, you know, fighters are asking for too much or, you know, they're being ludicrous. And, but also, on the other hand, saying that they were insanely successful and just wildly, wildly successful during the pandemic. It's just so unfair <laughs> and it's so disrespectful. I'm sure it feels like a slap in the face. It's it's just so cringy to, to see if, if you're a fan who pays attention to that kind of stuff, to just see fighters and think about how they receive that information. You know, thinking like with Dana or whoever, you know, saying that stuff, thinking they're just talking to media or they're just talking to fans as if the fighters aren't hearing this. You know, it just goes to show that I think a lot of times the big names in the UFC's uh, management, you know, think the fighters are dumb. And it's it's infuriating. <laughs> so I also wanted to say an opinion, I guess, of mine, which is I kind of feel like hazard pay. And I, I'm saying all this knowing full and well that I could say this every single day. I could add for it, advocate for it every single day, and it still wouldn't happen just because I'm not in that space and I don't have that pull. This is just totally a not just like a wish, I guess. <laughs> this is just like a this is just wishful thinking, just a fantasy, I guess. But I just think it would be amazing if fighters could have hazard pay um during times like this and you know i don't want to get into politics or anything like that but i think hazard pay for fighters wouldn't be too far-fetched especially because you are literally in close combat <laughs> you know with sweat and blood and and all of that stuff you know if the ufc is taking certain measures you know and fights are getting called off I think maybe it's not too much of an argument to say, hey, the fighters who are able to make it, the fighters who are willing to take these fights during a pandemic and being exposed to all these people, we're going to pay you. You know, we're going to pay you a little bit more, you know, in hazard pay. And I think that aside from it being fair, I also think that it's financially doable. I think that with them going up 166% in revenue <laughs> per Dana White, that it should be given in a form of actual contractual fight pay, like something that you are guaranteed in your purse, you know, maybe, well, not even if you don't make weight, because, you know, not making weight has nothing to really do with hazard pay, you know, maybe take that away from another part of the purse or whatever, but, you know, it should be, I think, at its base, in the actual contract and not just something that is a bonus. So, I mean, in a perfect world, I feel like that would be more than fair, but this is the UFC and you know, they're broke and rich at the same time. <laughs> too rich to do whatever, too broke to pay their fighters, so. That unfortunately just is what it is. So. I wanted to go ahead and move on to just a brief topic um, just that I thought was worth mentioning and that's the injury of Tatiana Suarez which is so so unfortunate I'm, I don't remember if I talked about it in the last episode 
but I really loved her on The Ultimate Fighter. I thought that, you know, she kind of had a focus that reminded me of Tisha, Tita, <laughs> Tisha Torres. Uh, I remember talking about Tisha Torres in her last fight and just saying, you know, she has the determination and the focus that she's had for years. And you could just tell that is what her eye was on on the show and even after and that's exactly how I feel with Tatiana it's just unfortunate unfortunately with with her is you know she was injured uh, she took a long time to recover and then was injured again so that have been really really devastating for her and I'm sure that a lot of fans who who um came to know her through the ultimate fighter feel the same way I do which is you know I really thought it was going to be like a situation like the shy shy the strawweight season of the ultimate fighter where someone who I personally don't think should have won won and you know it was going to be like this I don't think that Nico should have won the season that Tati was on I thought Tati should have won so I I feel like she could have had that rise soon after, but I also feel like she has the time to have that rise. And I think she's more than capable. Like if realistically the injuries, you know, she can recover from them 100% or she can evolve her game to like protect those injured areas and do whatever, you know, smart athletes do as she is, you know, I think that she, is more than capable to have that like meteoric rise that I'm sure was intended for her. Like there's no way that Tatiana Suarez is going to not come back <laughs> unless there is an injury that she has that she absolutely can't come back from. You know, she's still so young, she's still so fresh, she's so smart, she's so focused, she's so driven. I feel like all of that stuff, injury aside, is a great recipe for her to still be able to even expedite that process you know not that you know she's the type that would want to like cut corners or anything but i still think that she can get that quickly and achieve that fairly quickly you know i don't want to you know be like wondering like how could how could she truly have been without the injuries i don't think that she's the type of person that's going to leave us space to consider that to consider oh you know she's okay, but I wonder how much better she could have been. You know, that's not, <laughs> I mean, I don't know her. I'm over here calling her Tati and, you know, talking like I know her, but, you know, it's, from what I gather, I feel like she's not that kind of person who is going to allow us any, like I said, any space to even consider that. So I'm so excited to see her back. I'm hoping that she can recover and get to 100%. I know that she's smart enough to, you know, work around it and and not work around it, like not heal properly, but work her game around the injuries to, you know, evolve and, and all the stuff of that nature. So that is one of my biggest hopes for her. <laughs> and the flyweight division, one of my favorites right now. So, um, I wanted to go ahead and move on to the topic of a potential, um, oh, I don't know why I said potential, like potential, <laughs> sorry about that. 
But a potential fight. Oh my god, I did it again. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not editing that out. You guys know what I meant, okay? So a fight is being spoken of <laughs> to be rebooked between Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier. That is undoubtedly going to be a crazy fight, a feel-good fight, a crazy performance from both men. It was supposed to happen in 2018, and I think now would kind of be a perfect time to rebook it. I also think, I mean, Dustin, you know, fighting for the belt would be the best thing to do, but someone like me, a fan like me, is not going to say no to a fight book between Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz. I don't really think it's a matter of what fight Dustin needs. I don't think he needs either fight. I think he's made his money um, a good deal, hopefully, off of his trilogy with the angry Irishman. But um, <laughs> I would love to see them both. I mean, I just think I'm not sure how that fight's going to end up. It would be insane if Nate won and fought for the belt, but um, I think it's more likely Dustin will go ahead and get that shot first. So this fight would honestly just be a nice feel-good fan fight <laughs> and refreshing too because, you know, they're both like genuinely a part of the UFC success outside of you know, scandals and embarrassment. Again, the angry Irish man. It would be like a lighthearted, like hero versus anti-hero fight. Of course, you know who is who. And I am all for it. I think, you know, it should be rebooked, period. It's kind of a tricky time because when it was originally booked, there wasn't as much hype and all that surrounding these two men. There was still a lot, but not at the level that it is now. So, you know, there is, I guess on paper, there is more at stake. I mean, on a smaller scale, we have what happened with uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Jennifer Maya. You know, Joanne Calderwood was supposed to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the belt, but then, you know, she took the fight with Jennifer, Jennifer Beater, and ended up fighting for the belt, you know, so... That's definitely a situation that could happen with Dustin and Nate. I am not sure about the likelihood of that happening. It was it was kind of like, eh, I kind of understand with the, uh, I wanted to call her Joanne. <laughs> Joanne Calderwood and Jennifer Maya. And, you know, that fight really sucked for me because JoJo is one of my favorite female fighters. You know, she's definitely like top five. So, um, that sucked a lot for me, and I hope that she's able to get her way back to, you know, title, con or, I mean, not title contention, but, um, back into booking a title fight. I think the Jennifer Maya fight was just a waste of time. You know, no disrespect for her. She's just, she doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not like, oh my god, Jennifer Maya, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So... It was just kind of like a bizarre situation. I'm not sure that'll happen with Dustin and Nate, but regardless of what happens, I need to see that fight. <laughs> like 100%. <laughs> so that's it on that. Um, the next topic that I wanted to go over that was like more recent news is 
Costa bringing back up how his last his fight with um, Israel Adesanya was compromised because he was wine drunk or wine hungover, whatever. You know that ha he made that excuse shortly after the fight, and it is bringing it back up again. I'm assuming you know during press for the Tory fight. You know, but it's just so bizarre. It's just so confusing for his character for him to for for him to do that. Um, for him to go from like Hulk smash to oh. The reason that I did not do well in that fight is because I had my nightly glass of wine and it hindered me during my performance. Um, I'm so sorry if anyone, I'm sure no one listening is from the UK, but that accent was bad. I'm so sorry. But for dramatic effect, I edited it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I just think it was really weird for him to do that. And it kind of showed, like, I guess to me, it just showed some immaturity for him to not only do it, that's like one issue, but then for him to say it in, as an excuse, like that's just, it, I mean, I try to avoid the, like, if it were me, you know, because so many people come for me like, you're not an athlete. How dare you say that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it. You know, I'm not. But, I mean, in any situation, like, even if that was just, like, a reason I didn't turn in, like, a term paper or something, I'm not going to say, oh, I didn't turn in my term paper or, like, my term paper sucked because I was depressed and was downing bottles of barefoot. You know, like, that's not <laughs> something I would say. Um, but that's just me. Um, like, why even do it, too? Like, why why drink like that before a fight like it's just such a weak excuse it was just it was just funny and like he's still riding with it too but he has a fight coming up against Marvin Vittori I think that it's just gonna be a brawl of like two hot-headed Hulk men hot the <laughs> tongue twister hot-headed Hulk men who are just going to go at it with reckless abandon, I hope. And, you know, honestly, if it's not a banger, I will literally cry. Like, I will cry. You will be responsible, Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori, for my tears, for making a girl cry. Just for the opportunity missed, if it's not a banger. <laughs> Y'all know I'm dramatic, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many, like, well-balanced matchups in this division, you know, with uh, grapplers and strikers or, you know, um, brawlers against, you know, more technical men and, and all of that stuff. That's what I mean by well-balanced. But this the reason this fight excites me is because we get to see two heavy hitters and, you know, two men who come off as, and no offense, to those men but they just come off as utter psychos <laughs> against each other um or not against each other but against their opponents I, I should say and even outside the fights you know the pressers and all that stuff you know I just really hope that they completely <laughs> blow the roof off of that place and that it's like I said an absolute banger that it is fight of the night that it's a fight of the year contender you know, if we can wish wildly, <laughs> there's just two powerhouses 
you know, coming to a head, and I am very excited for it, and I hope that Paolo doesn't drink wine before the fight. <laughs> so that is actually all I have for this episode. I didn't want it to run too long, just because there were no fights. I don't want to drag anything on if it's not, you know, fight-specific, at least not at this point in, in the podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to get some interviews going pretty soon. I have to, you know, put some names in the calendar and do all that kind of stuff. If you guys have any suggestions on, you know, who you would like to see me interview, you know, within reason or outside of reason, <laughs> you know, please let me know. If you yourself, you know, wouldn't mind coming on, please let me know that as well. That would be super fun for me. I love getting to meet new people. Or just talking to the people that I already know about the sport that they already know I'm obsessed with. So again, that is all I have. Thank you guys so much for sticking around this week. I know there's no fights, so y'all really love me <laughs> if you're listening to this episode. Um, thank you guys again so much. Share this with your friends, share this with your family, you know, give it some stars or whatever. Um, leave it a review. Let me know what you think. I appreciate every bit of that stuff. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.